Hi, I'm Harry. Hi, I'm Rory, and welcome to Games on Film. Hi, this is Harry and Rory coming to you live via the internet. Ooh. Lots of ghosts on the internet. It's almost as if we are real people living inside your listening device. Yes, we're inside your ears and your brain mm. via magical internet signals. Chatting to all the people in your inside out head, which I've not seen inside out. Have you seen inside out? Yeah. Is it, does it make you cry? I feel like lots of... Yes. Oh my god, I'm not seeing that film. I feel <laughs> like every time I want to see Inside Out, I don't, I'm turned off. I don't want to cry, so I just don't bother watching it. I feel like I must be missing out. Well, there's, there's laughs. There's tears. There's anger. There's anger. There's depression. Yeah. Okay. Uh, still don't, not really selling it to me. This is, uh, of course, not a Pixar film. This is one of the Disney movies. Um, From Walt Disney Animation Studios. Studios indeed. And um, have we said the name of this <laughs> film yet? It's uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, a.k.a. Ralph Breaks the Internet. We covered the original Wreck-It Ralph back in episode 9 mm -hmm. in anticipation of the release of the sequel. So, I mean, one of the reasons we started this podcast in the first place was the glut of video game and video game adjacent movies which were coming out and cinemas in 2018 so it makes sense that we're covering Ralph Breaks the Internet although when we were looking at the original concept and trailers we weren't too sure how video gamey related it was going to be yeah at the time it was really just the name the title and I think one trailer but it was very much like uh the characters we know and love from Record Ralph were basically going to be our a view or window into the world wide web itself and I have to admit that seemed just a little bit like it was a, would have been a good idea in 1996 or something <laughs> when the internet was first getting large. Um, I remember seeing Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise and just thinking how, boy, howdy, an electronic letter. He emails people. He email and they have like a wonderful animation when he emails people. And I must have sent my first email a few years after that. <laughs> I think I was a little disappointed that the internet world that we see in Ralph Breaks the Internet isn't quite like it was in, say, Hackers, when it was all depicted oh. as neon towers and purple energy lines. Hackers is a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, but there's been um, many interpretations of what the internet looks like on film, isn't there? Hackers depicted it like city. I mean, cities does need to be a common thread, actually. Mm. Stores of information. I, myself, am a big fan of the book uh, Neuromancer, which is one of the grandfathers or godfathers of uh, the cyberpunk genre. And um, if you've never read it, it might interest you to know that it's about criminals going through the internet, which they call the Matrix. Hmm, Paging the Wachowskis. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the Wachowskis were obviously influenced by Neuromancer, as is a lot of genre fiction. But um, in Neuromancer, these are, I think they're called... 
cowboys, I think. They um, go through the internet and the internet is depicted as just lots of cubes, pretty much like Tron, like big cubes representing information stores, things like that. But that's always the case is, I think, when we reviewed the first Wreck-It Ralph movie, is how do you depict this world? How does the uh, video game world get depicted when it's being experienced by the video game characters themselves? And such is the case with depicting the internet in, in Hackers, in Neuromancer, in The Matrix. Don't forget the Emoji movie. The Emoji movie, of course. Which, um, this film looks quite similar to... I mean, we when did we record the last episode? The last, epi- the last episode of Wreck-It Ralph was episode 9, I think. And gosh, it's 20 now, isn't it? Gosh, so, I mean, I listened back to our Wreck-It Ralph episode uh, shortly before going to see the f- uh, new film. And I must admit, I was very down on Wreck-It Ralph. I was very cool towards it. Yeah, I was certainly more positive. I had my misgivings, but I felt like the emotional core of the principal characters, which are Wreck-It Ralph, voiced by John C. Riley, and Vanellope von Schweetz, voiced by Sarah Silverman, I thought that was what really made the film for me. As much as I enjoyed video game references in the film, and it definitely had a lot, although it kind of dried up a little bit once they reach the sugar rush of video game and becomes very much more about sweets and candy and chocolate product placement than video game characters. But I generally liked it more than you. Yeah, I mean, you said you liked the characters in Wreck-It Ralph. I was going to say Wreck-It Ralph 1. This is going to... You know what I'm talking about, listeners. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph and Ralph Breaks the Internet, two completely different Mm. movies. I found the, the characters just really... And the, and the whole logic and thrust of the film very confused because it's ultimately about how somebody who's not a hero accepts his role of being a villain, even though he does no really villainous actions. Uh, I was explaining this, this theory of mine to a colleague at, at work and they said, but he smashes things. I said, I don't want, yeah, but that's his job. I mean, it seemed very just odd to me and I thought it was quite a flabby film and so I have to admit I came to this film with lower expectations especially as I mentioned earlier the title itself seems to be based off a a buzz phrase from how many years ago? Uh, The way I got hype Mm -hmm. uh, for Ralph Breaks the Internet the weekend before its release I went to a special free event called Wi-Fi Way in London. Basically, it was a event space which had these little pop-up stands all based around uh, things which appear in the film. So there was a place called Pertarest instead of Pinterest where we got okay. to take a picture next to a very cute kitten. There was the search bar, which was a bar where we could drink root beer like you get in Tapper. There was a little game section. There was a Snapchat swing for some reason. There was the dark web where you could... Basically, you had to navigate these neon bits of strain as if they were sort of lasers or or something. And, you know, sort of uh, work your way through the bits of string. Take it there was no pornography. Well, not in the dark web, no. And believe me, I was in there a long time. <laughs> not in the, and, and also conspicuously absent in this movie too, but it is a PG. Yes. So well, I always like to see that PG triangle because you, you do so rarely see it now. The, cla- the, the closest we get is a pop-up ad for Sassy Housewives. 
I don't think a sassy housewife necessarily is sexually sassy. No, no. I think it's a, you're presuming that. I mean, she might be. She I'm might just, be. She might be very sexy. It, like I said, it was the closest thing. We don't know. We don't know the reason why Mr. Litwack at Litwack's Arcade installed the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But do you have anything else to say about Wi-Fi Way? It was sort of an immersive experience. Yeah, it was. It was good fun, and we were given um, little coins, bitcoins, that we could then exchange. So I could get a root beer, and also we went to the pancake milkshake bar and got free pancakes and free milkshakes. Mm. And, oh, the other thing was that they had lots of actors running around wearing t-shirts like follower and mm. retweeter and things. So they'd have like, people coming up to you and saying, we're your followers. And then they'd just hang around. Or like if it was a retweeter, they'd just repeat everything that you said. Oh, was that really cringy? It sounds like it. I kept telling myself, this is for kids. <laughs> That reminds me, I went to see like a Moomin experience with my wife because um, she's really into Moomins. And we thought it was going to be the history of, is it Tova Johnson? We thought it was going to be sort of a history of her life, but it was absolutely aimed at kids. So on a, on a wet December morn, about eight adults were, ne- were kneeling inside a tent where a man was going, and now boys and girls, <laughs> would you like to see what happens through this mystery forest? But that's also when we went to the Studio Ghibli Museum oh, yeah. in, in Tokyo and we travelled when we were in Japan together and we got there and it was basically just like, okay, this is for kids because there's a big cat bus play bus, which mm. we couldn't go in ourselves. No, and the, the, the added disappointment was that there was a big Pixar exhibition happening. So the exclusive shorts you can only see at the Studio Ghibli Museum were replaced by, oh. And it was like a bad animation, wasn't these it? These Pixar shorts we've already seen. I think the only one we hadn't already seen was the bounding mm. one with the grim Which nobody sheep. likes. Yeah. Crucially, this is the same writer and director's returning for Ralph Breaks the Internet, which uh, I read here is very unique. I think it's the first time it's ever happened in Disney feature films where a the same writer-director has come back for a theatrical sequel. Well, they just... I mean, theatrical sequels for Disney movies are mm. few and far between. I mean, you've, you've had lots of spin-offs and shorts and uh you know straight to dvd versions mm. but for the walt disney animation studios there was i just like the rescuers down under and to to count on you have phil johnston who also co-wrote the screenplay this time with newcomer to the ralph verse i suppose pamela ribbon mm. who was uh, had story credit for moana okay she also provides the voice of snow white in this film I guess the first thing anyone really knew about Ralph Breaks the Internet was the princess scene. I remember definitely reading about this ages before the trailer came out. And I was really keen to see the trailer. I think it was maybe a full year before the trailer came out. And so by the time the trailer happened, I was kind of bored of it already. (laughs) It's apparently, according to Wikipedia, Snow White is the only princess who has been recast was, did Cinderella speak? Because she was, again, significantly... I imagine, well, mm. I don't know. I, don't know I, if think, she spoke. I, think it's, I think it's everyone from Ariel onwards. Speaking about sequels, you know how there's like a new Lion King uh, CGI fest coming out, like a quote-unquote live action? I wonder if that's going to 
mean they're going to make a, a live act, uh, well, a quote unquote live action CGI version of uh, Simba's Pride, the director video version Lion King 2. Or what was the one where it was Timon and Pumbaa? That, have you seen that? That's like crazy good. <laughs> the Timon and Pumbaa special, they, they do like the whole Back to the Future thing where they you go back and see the original film through their eyes. It's really good. There's also, was it, The Return of Jafar? Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see what happens when the Guy Ritchie's Aladdin film comes out. Whether it's they greenlight the sequel and they use Return of Jafar as the uh, source material. Uh, sorcerer material, I imagine. <laughs> I think that's everything. Should we dive into um, the actual film itself? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you sound very enthused about that. Sure. Well, we've got to talk about it now. So this film is not on video yet. So it's unlikely to ever be on video because we've stopped doing VHSs. So in lieu of a DVD box, I suppose we got this um, press release slash synopsis thing. Okay. Going forward, we got some spoilers for Ralph Breaks the Internet. So um, turn off now and do something else with your life. Don't complain to us in the comments because yeah. we won't read them. No, you learned something about that in this film. So the synopsis is thus. Video game bad guy Ralph... Not Wreck-It Ralph. That's the name of the game. No, the name of the game is Fitz at Felix Jr. Oh, yeah. He introduces himself as Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, okay. that's his name. I'm reading this off the internet. You can't believe everything you read off the internet. Yeah, don't listen to anything we have to say. It's all lies. Well, you're not reading it off the internet. I guess you can believe what you listen over the internet. Yeah, just spoken word is more true than written. Oh, absolutely, yes. Video game bad guy... Wreck-It Ralph and fellow misfit Vanellope Von Schweetz must risk it all by travelling to the World Wide Web in search of the replacement part to save Vanellope's video game Sugar Rush. In way over their heads, Ralph and Vanellope rely on the citizens of the internet, the netizens. I don't think they're there. Yeah, they're not referred to that at all, are they? The uh, netizens? Maybe they say it in the film. Mm. Anyway, they rely on the netizens to help navigate their way, including an entrepreneur named Yes, with three S's, who is the head algorithm and the heart and soul of trend-making site BuzzTube, with three Z's. There's a little bit more to the plot than that, but I think mean, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Three, two, Way to go, kid. One second, I'm having the time of my life. The next thing I know, my game is just... Kid! Gone. Hello, hello, let me tell you what it's like. Get away! Sugar Rush is getting unplugged. Oh, no. I'm freaking out hard. If I'm not a racer, what am I? Oh, you're my best friend. All we gotta do is find a part to fix your game. Everything goes back to the way it was. But where are we gonna find that? The internet! What? Attention to details, pretty impressive. Well, well, well. Who are you? I think we should get out of here. Whoa. Showtime. Let's race. Come and get it. Get back on the 
trap! There is no trap! I can drive anywhere! I love it here. Who knew there's so many babies and cats in the world? Ha! That is what the internet was made for! It's full of weirdos. I want this to be my life. I don't think I could ever tell Ralph. There's no law saying best friends have to have the same dreams. This is what's called the dark net. Are you sure this is safe? Just whatever you do, do not look at his little brother. Oh, his little brother? <laughs> what are you doing here? <clears throat> the reason I came to your neck of the face. I mean, there's a face in your neck. I mean, woods. Neck of the woods. I think what I found most interesting about this film is, is how it does a lot to correct stuff I didn't like about Wreck-It Ralph 1. Because I found, as I said earlier, the characterization of Ralph and Penelope and, and the thrust of the film a little bit messy. But what I appreciated in this film was how um, the focus is very much on Ralph and Penelope. There's much less fat in this film. And... I feel that all the challenges presented in the film come out of the characters and not an outside force. I think one thing I found really weird in Wreck-It Ralph was that you had this villainous king character who is the baddie and he kind of affects the lives of Ralph and Vanellope. But in this one, at its core, it's about friendship. It's about holding your friends back. You know, so I, I think right away, I just really appreciated that focus. And um, you're kind of like looking at me sort of no, 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 I'm, <laughs> quite quietly. I'm letting Jump you in any time. I'm letting you have it's, your thing. It's not flipping just a minute. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess to my surprise, we, we are introduced to Fix-It Felix and Calhoun pretty quickly into the film. But we don't see him again until the very end. So... I think the film really benefited with its with its just attention on Ralph and Vanellope. Yeah, I, I guess because the first film, it's establishing the world, establishing this these characters, the chance to revisit Ralph and Vanellope and see how they have grown or not, and see how they have changed or not, means that you can sort of... The, the actual plot, story, focus doesn't necessarily need to be the important thing because it's not... Because you know the characters, it's giving you an opportunity to spend more time with them, get to know them better and see what, what makes them tick outside mm. of just their initial meeting, initial conflict. And so the start of the film is very much seeing what their status quo is, what what they've been doing for the past six years. Yeah, and it's six years. I couldn't believe it had been six years. Mm. I mean, it has been six years since the first film. I um, mean, we did say at the uh, end of... The last episode on Wreck-It Ralph, would they resolve or ignore the fact that technically, as a glitch, Vanellope should be trapped within Sugar Rush? Mm. But did they do any line towards that? No, no. I think they just it. waved it away because the start of the film is Ralph and Vanellope when it's downtime at the arcade and they're not doing their own respective games. They're hanging out in other games mm. and you know playing various different uh, 
arcade. Including Tron. Including Tron. I did not expect to see Tron light cycles on the big screen so soon after I went to see Tron at the cinema earlier on and it seems looked like, glorious yeah it seems like they did it just for us because i think our episode after wreck it ralph was tron and mm. we even mentioned that you know bit of synergy there's a bit of synergy um it makes sense because i mean we've done a lot of disney so far on this podcast i was trying to work out how many disney films i've seen this year including the marvel films the star wars films quite a few yeah but even just with this podcast this is i think the fourth one because we did wreck it ralph yeah. tron uh-huh. prince of persia oh yeah and now ralph breaks the internet so they're trying to access that video game movie bubble yeah, yeah so they're playing in in tron and and that does certainly tie in a little bit to the internet particularly at least in terms of digitizing characters mm. and the grid and all that kind of stuff. As in the first film, the is it called Grand Central Station or something like that? Game Central, Game Central, Central. Station. That is actually a, a big power plug, PowerPoint type deal. And when the film starts, I was sort of semi disappointed to see that all of the there were no new video game characters. It was Zangief again. It was M Bison again. It was Sonic again. But that sort of becomes a, a plot point because when the when new plug arrives, they think it's going to be a new game. And so when it is just Wi-Fi... Then... <laughs> Sam said that with such disdain. <laughs> well, that's exactly how Vanellope feels. She wants yeah. to have some new experiences. The like, I think the way this is an improvement, I'm going to say it, I think it's an improvement on the original, is I think it really sold the friendship of Ralph and Vanellope off the bat with the six years, with the games they've been playing. But it quickly establishes that Ralph is is now in a place of contentment and he's happy where he is. I wouldn't say set aside's lower, but he, he's just happy. And, and Vanellope has this crazy wanderlust and wants to do something new. And I think, you know, as, as human beings, like, you Rory are and I am <laughs> as human as human beings I think we, we've we've both had that in our lives there's been times where we don't want to rock the boat and we're happy with things are and there's been times when we just want to do anything but get out that wasn't the point of the first film that Ralph wanted to break out of this repetition but all he needed was a friend mm. now he's got a friend he's happy with the repetition I think so he, he wants more recognition yeah, but, you know, I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. I mean, there's, you know, yeah, it's a little bit of recognition, but I think that Vanellope's... She does have a similar f- plot yeah, to the first one. and it's one. the fact that Ralph can't understand that in Vanellope. Okay, yeah, I admit that's a little bit strange, but he's not the brightest bulb in, in the bunch, no. either, is he? But what you were saying about, oh, it's nice that it's coming from the characters rather than external factors... That's all well and good until it means there's inconsistencies within the characters and their backstories. And I know people can change and I know friendships evolve and stuff. So the things that perhaps later on in the film they do to either boost each other or sabotage each other, potentially, you'd think, well, a real friend wouldn't do that. And that's the point Mm. that's made. But I sort of feel like it's a bit jarring coming from the characters... Hmm. based on their past experiences. I but I guess we didn't see everything that happened in the past six years. So. <laughs> no, there is that. But, no, that's fair point. The inciting incident, as I, as I alluded to before, was how Vanellope is playing her video game, uh, her Sugar Rush game. And 
this might be sounding pretty deep, but I think the the race and her and the way she breaks her own game, it does it's get me thinking about like destiny versus doing things yourself, doing your own thing. Because then that represents the relationship between the characters. Um Ralph seems to be happy to just go with the flow, but Vanellope wants to take control and I was watching the race sequence really wondering when somebody plays as Vanellope who is actually in control well it's a question which is raised by the Gerard Butler movie Gamer (laughs) which we will cover on a future episode and I, I think yeah it's interesting that sort of push and pull between player and avatar and how that's represented and I think Certainly quite, I think Wreck-It Ralph toyed with that idea a little bit. I think Tron toys with that idea a little bit. And this film goes a little bit further with that, but not much further. There is a push and pull which causes the game to break. Mm. It's It doesn't go beyond that. It's not like they say, oh, well, maybe we should sort of rise up against the players mm. or, you know, or maybe we should speak to the players and maybe they can help us. I will admit that the question who controls the car? Is it Vanellope or her user? As, as that question was raised, then almost immediately the question was answered because what Vanellope tries to do is take control on t- by herself and steer herself down a path that Ralph has created, a sort of a secret bonus trap. As a gift to Vanellope as a gift, to make her feel better. Exactly. And Vanellope trying to turn the wheel, but the user ends up breaking the wheel which causes Vanellope to crash. And and again, this was done by Ralph to make her, his friend happy, but it all backfired. And again, that establishes quite early on the, the serious repercussions of wanting to do your own thing. But actually with how that scene was played, I thought when Ralph was creating that track and he was like, oh, Vanellope's going to really love this, that she would like look at that and say, Ralph, what are you doing? But yeah. actually she's like, thrilled yeah that was, and then that was a she, good, um... she does the does the track and you think oh no it's all gone kaput and she's going to be angry but no like ralph is like oh kid 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 and she's like that was amazing yeah that's um subverted expectations yes. and i quite like that and i guess that shows how they have grown yeah because then... in the first film if that happened they'd be arguing with each other mm. but of course because the game is broken and it quickly becomes clear that to fix the game, they're going to have to buy a wheel off eBay, which costs $200 or something like that. That causes the game to be um, sort of shut down. And then basically all these refugees end up in um, Game Central Station. Mm. And I thought literally any bit of media seems a bit political. And it did make me think, think, gosh, I didn't realise this film was going to be about refugees and displacements. And Mm. um, it ends up with all the video game characters trying to find new homes and other people's games and things. I was going to say, you can't stay in other people's games. That was the big rule of the first one, which seems to have been... Well, it's, it's you can, but uh, you might die. Yes, death is real <laughs> in the other places. Because in the first film, you have, like, Qbert, who's homeless. Mm. And he's clearly fine in going into different games. It's just as long as he doesn't die, you know, can't get a respawn in someone else's games. Which So the main Sugar Rush players the main mm. characters in that game all the bitchy races are 
adopted mm. by Fitzit Felix and Calhoun returning from the first film. Yeah, let's talk a little... Newly wedded and now... Well, maybe not newly wedded. Well, okay. I, I mean, they, got... they got married at the end of the first film. Maybe. Yeah. They, well, and no insectoid monster attacked the wedding, fortunately. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I remember saying how I was a bit disappointed where things went um, between those two at the end of Wreck-It Ralph because Calhoun was my favourite character and I found Fixit Felix to be kind of a jerk, especially of how he seems to be all just casually, just not giving a shit about Ralph's rotten life. I'm happy to report I liked Felix Fixit Felix a lot more. And despite Calhoun not being my favourite character, I was really cool with her not being in it. As I said earlier, I was happy the focus was just on the main two characters, and I was fully expecting as soon as they adopted the kids perpetual flashbacks to their home and lots of all parenting mm. you know calamities throughout the film because again I, I just found as much as i liked calhoun in wreck it ralph every time i returned to them and their bur- burgeoning relationship i was a little bit, bit bored but we, we only really see him at the end with mm. a, a nice little j- joke i felt a little bit the opposite oh you wanted more i felt they were uh, sidelined <laughs> oh dear you know, maybe I'll spoil a little bit my thoughts about the film. I didn't care for it much. Oh, the whole film? Yep. Interesting. Um, bit of disagreement. We don't often get that. Uh, I could have done with a few flashbacks to the game central world oh. just to break up the, the tedium. slight tedium of oh. everything else that was happening. Interesting. So I get it. It all works up to a cute little punchline at the end. But I felt like, you know, I was expecting those two, you know, flashing to and fro between the internet and Game Central, as you say. And in a way, it's nice that the film didn't feel like it had to do that. But I don't know. I felt like it could have broken up the movie a little bit more and made it feel less long. Because it's Mm. a long movie and it takes them a long time to actually get to the internet. Mm. And then once they're there... Drags. I'm pretty sure I felt things moved at a fair clip because in Record Ralph, the main plot is really Sugarland, and I think it takes almost half the film. Is it called Sugarland or Sugar Rush Land? It's, it's called Sugar Rush. Although, interestingly enough, really, Record Ralph <laughs> the movie yeah. in Japan is called Sugar Rush. It's not called Record Ralph, and so Ralph breaks the internet. The Japanese title is Sugar Rush Online. Which does not happen. But it's interesting how, I guess maybe because of the AKB48 Sugar Rush theme song. Of course. How How, it's framed in Japan, I guess, how Vanellope is considered more of a focus. And I think in the second film as well, I feel she is more of the focus than Ralph. Mm, I think so, And so it makes sense a little bit that it's called Sugar Rush Online because it's just like, this is Vanellope's evolution as a character rather mm. than just first film was all about ralph learning about himself and this film is more about i mean you know to an extent ralph too but i think vanellope is more the main character you do see vanellope racing a lot in the online racing game uh it's called slaughter ha- slaughter race and it was, it was a thrill to see her race in that because she really seemed in her element. And I think they really sold that. And I, I did completely believe that the sequel would forget that she was a racer and 
because I, I don't know, I feel like the racing in the first game seems really tacked on and it could have been literally any game genre and the character Ralph Meets would be just really good at whatever genre it is. It could have been all about cooking. She could have been Cooking Mama or something. What's, <laughs> what's that online cooking game which we were playing together? Um, which you downloaded Overcooked or, Overcooked God that gives me Gives me sweats Just thinking about it yeah. That's a great game which Well is about... they did a little bit Of that in Sugar Rush though, When they had to make Their cart I suppose mm, But they decided Just to keep on going With the racing theme And Yeah It was just nice to see I mean I, I agree This film is more Vanellope's film she, She's got the Harder choice to make Whereas Ralph Is more of a Reactive character but I mean, again, it's it's yeah, the racing and being the emphasis and having a a a girl do the racing and um, you know the other principal, I guess the main other character that's introduced into this film is is a woman and she's known mm. for being a badass racing driver and, mm. and and stuff and so very action style roles yeah. which would traditionally be filled by men, I suppose, in in movies gone by. But here it's it's great to see that it's the girls that kick ass i guess as you brought up um gal godot's character and we did our research listeners it's godot not godot um she plays a character called shank which is an interesting word to include to include in a kids movie well she has got a knife little dagger tattoo on yeah. her arm yeah i you know what she was designed to be cool i thought she was cool and when vanellope says she was so cool i thought yeah, she's cool. I don't know what it is, but yeah, you could see you could see why Vanellope kind of falls in in love with her and and the world. And you know, it is a Disney movie dealing with these um kind of uh, ruffians. Mm. <laughs> so I mean, still kind of safe side of things. But yes. I mean, I guess we'll we've skipped ahead a bit, so we'll go back to earlier on. But the the facts that the word slaughter appears so frequently in the movie is not what you usually expect from Disney. It's PG, that's why. Exactly right. So I'm interested to hear without you're a bit disappointed by the lack of Felix and uh, Calhoun. What happens next? Um, well, well, shall we go to the internet? They decide to go to the internet, yeah. And I think, I guess because of the title, I think I was way ahead of Ralph when I realised what the solution to his problem was going to be. The situation is that the game is broken, it needs a replacement steering wheel. He overhears in the arcade someone mentioning eBay mm. and realises if they go through the newly attached to the Game Central Station Wi-Fi port, mm -hmm. then they can somehow get to the internet and buy this missing steering wheel. Now, so it's around about this bit of the film where one of my weird logic problems appears, which just ignore what I'm saying. It's it's a film. But I was interested to see that when our characters go to the router, they literally go inside the router. So I imagine that in the Record of the Universe, the characters exist in a sort of a digital space. It's not, as, as Morpheus said, is that air you're breathing now? I don't think so. Although I did notice all the characters breathe, and that's an interesting question. Do you, why would you make... CGI computer characters breathe the answer Harry it makes them look alive <laughs> yeah that's why you have video games nowadays where people blink yes or, or breathe just very over the top everyone looks mm. like they're short of breath in games like Skyrim there's and lots of running around and hitting things indeed but 
Yeah, they arrive from the inside of this router and they just see... I mean, if you were to open the router at that moment, would you see itty bitty bitty little people in there? <laughs> the, the game seems, the film seems to imply that you do, which is just not addressed. Yeah, it's it's whether these digital creations suddenly become three D in this realm. What their size is in comparison, mm. we see them running around the plugs. But I thought that was just a sort of representation of energy. Mm. It's but just... it's 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 literally it seems. You know, you could pick one up with your hands if you mm. wanted to. But, you know, as I said earlier, fuck it, let's move on. They discover how to get to the internet because they, they see an avatar of uh, the arcade owner, Mr. Lampwick, go through. Lipwack. Lipwack. Who's Lampwick? He's the little boy who turns into a donkey in Pinocchio. <laughs> Mama! Oh Mama! burned in there, Jesus. I mean, here's the thing. There's, there's, although it's a donkey you were intoning there, there's a screaming goat in the film. Is, yeah. is that a thing? Yeah, goat screaming videos. Because I saw the Grinch. <gasps> I saw the Grinch recently, and that had a screaming goat. I did not realise I'd accidentally walked into a meme. I like. I would the... like a refund. <laughs> yes, it's right at the end as well. So. I was not expecting memes. Memes. I bought this meme-free movie. <laughs> You're a meme one, Mr. Grinch. Mm. I liked the... What did you think about the um, avatars of online users? Because they had to create something to represent humans. And they go for a sort of Minecraft-y, Funko-y type, square-heady kind of person. Well, we touched on this earlier about the design of the internet in general. And I think there are things I like and things I dislike. People who log on have their avatars, which are like the kind of, as you say, hmm. Minecraft Funko Pops. And then the people who represent websites, they're all primary colours, kind of like the Inside Out gang. Hmm. I feel they could have gone completely abstract with the internet and the, and the citizens of the internet. But they do have to draw a line somewhere. I think it could be... You can't have the whole film looking like the dimension sequence in Doctor Strange, where... People are crawling out of their own eyeballs and things like that. Well, I mean, it gets to places like that later on a little bit. But mm. I was okay with... with I, I quite liked how the net users, the avatars, mm. were. I thought the netizens were found, oh, on found the press it. release. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah, we've got a press release here. Net users are the avatars that represent people from the real, real world as they explore the internet. Netizens are the residents of the internet. They are the employees of the various websites visited by the net users. But I think the general look of the internet is fine. I don't think it's very imaginative because hmm. it's just gleaming, bustling city. It's a bit like Fifth Element in the sense that it's all floating buildings and then the lower down you go, the darker the web gets. And when Ralph hits rock bottom, he kind of finds discarded websites, like he finds a GeoCities sign and, and, and all those things. I spotted that. I, I read this thing recently how we, we tend to view internet culture and real culture as separate things, but actually they're not. I mean, I myself, I, I try, I, I'm sort of a Luddite who runs a podcast. <laughs> so I, I have been, I, I am some sometimes, depending on my mood, can be quite dismissive of the internet. But there are people who have lived their lives a little bit online and there's so much stuff which is which we think is permanent online. But when things like GeoCities goes down, this bit of culture has gone forever. It's like a purge. So, yeah, seeing the old GeoCities bars made me just a little bit upset. But uh, this sort of 
goes on to to my thoughts on how the film treats the internet. It's it's almost universally a positive thing. It doesn't have any real time to talk about the harmful stuff yeah. online. Certainly, I mean, I, I guess I am thankful. I mean, when you that they don't decide to talk about Twitter trolls and stuff. I mean, they saw all these these birds tweeting at each other, and um, it's just cat pictures. It's just cat pictures, and I suppose that the reason for that is I'm sure Twitter stipulated when tweet when Twitter was used in Wreck-It Ralph that nothing bad would happen. And uh, yeah, I was thinking maybe part of it's the animation process and that the internet is a very fast moving thing and maybe by the time they were writing this Twitter sequence Twitter was still mm. a nice place to be. Yeah, I, it is overwhelmingly positive. The neg- the negative aspects of it seem fairly dated because it's mainly just like viruses and things and i think virus scares were i mean yeah More there's still viruses on the internet i mean we know this but it's it's it seems to me all like people people hacking things rather than a virus being created by yeah a black marketeer it's, it's the problems of the internet don't seem to be i mean yeah there is you know, reading the comments and that kind of stuff, casting a... Uh, <laughs> Again, that scene when Ralph reads the comments, and of course, they're very PG comments. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, it wasn't going to go very far, but... I mean, not, just, not that you would really want it. I mean, I mean you, me talking about the internet, I quickly become a real bore, so I mm, wouldn't want to set a film yeah, I mean, about it. The whole film is very, the internet, am I right? I don't think there's much sort of imagination i i think my part okay so my my worry was whether it was going to be imaginative and whether video games i feel more nostalgia and therefore warm fuzzy Mm. feelings to than the internet than websites but actually as you mentioned seeing something like geocities is like oh and so we are far enough from the inception of the internet to feel feelings about websites Mm. that we used to inhabit or old memes or viral videos we saw when, you know, 10 years ago or something. But I don't think people have feelings about it now. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel when I just see a big gleaming building with the Amazon logo stuck on it and for us to focus on that for a few seconds. Well, here's the thing. I feared that too. I definitely felt that even though you can certainly argue that Mario, Sonic... Ken, not Ryu, Ken is my man. Um, although you can definitely argue that these are, when you boil it down, they are they are still corporate mascots. But I mean, yeah, um, like a video game movie is inherently a corporate exactly. brand. Exactly. You still you still have a fe- you have a feeling towards a figurehead like Mickey Mouse. So my fear going into this was I don't feel the same way about Facebook. In some ways, I actively hate it. Mm. Um, but to my surprise, it sounds like you feel different, but to my surprise, I feel Ralph Breaks the Internet was a lot cannier than I thought it was going to be. I didn't find the recognisable internet stuff as irritating or as intrusive as I feared. When they arrive online, they do go past a building marked Google or Amazon and places, but there's many, many scenes where... They're just, the characters are talking and there's, there's the city, the internet in the background, but there's nothing there. I'm, I'm pretty I bet you anything, anything, Rory, <laughs> that there are character moments in this film 
where they toyed with the idea of having the Facebook logo in the background or the YouTube logo in the background. But they decided to take it out because it'd be as distracting as like a Stan Lee cameo in the background or something. But in the mo- well, there is one. <laughs> well, no, here's, here's the thing, though. No, the, the one, there, there are a couple of bits where I believe it does falter. I found the Oh My Disney area a quite depressing thing because it certainly seemed to sell the idea that Disney owns most everything as a wonderful thing and not a monopoly. And and I know I'm part of the problem. I've like, fuck, I love the Marvel movies and all that stuff, but it did seem just a little bit disquieting to have just one company own everything. You say like, oh, during key story moments, they don't necessarily have like Facebook flying in the background, but the big emotional climax of the film has... Uh, Ralph picking up a Pinterest pin and throwing it at the bad guy. It has mm. them climbing the big Google Tower surrounded by primary coloured blocks which are representing well, I, you know, Google logo. See, I found that quite canny because I, I noticed that Google was quite conspicuous by its absence for most of the film. I mean, it perplexed me why okay, there's a character in it called Nosemore who's the search engine. I think he's voiced by Alan Tyduck, who's the good luck charm of his Disney films. He played the, the Candy King in the original. He's not called Candy King, is he? King Candy. King Candy. I'm thinking of the sweets in the cinemas. Anyway, they were going to Nosemore and I was like, why why not ask Jeeves? Why not like us the dog? <laughs> but I think A, because Google is not, a person- is not personified by anyone. B, they could be a bit more flexible with the characterization of Nosemore. But also... When Google does show up, it is effectively the Empire State Building. And I thought that makes sense. It's the, the biggest shitting tower in, in all of the internet. That, I mean, that's a statement, but it's also just, we're going to set the film in Google. And like the movie, like the main focus really is eBay. It's all yes. about eBay. Oh, hello, sir. Interesting. You don't seem to have a search history. Well, let's start one for you. What can Nosemore help you find today? Um, Umbrella. Umbridge. Umami. No. Noah's Ark. No doubt. Nordstrom Rack. Ergonomics. Urban Outfitters. Urkul. Looks like no one put Humpty Dumpty together again. This guy's a little soft-boiled. I'm pretty sure he's just trying to guess what you're going to say. Yes, I'm sorry, but my autofill is a touch aggressive today. Let me try. eBay Sugar Rush Steering Wheel. Oh, I only found one result for your query. Hmm, isn't that interesting? What? How did you... Ah, the internet's very intuitive. Thank you, Mr. Nosemore! Well, you're welcome. I wasn't expecting, like, you know, you're going to rip the internet to shreds or something, but, uh, you know, it could have been more satirical... Mm. By, I mean, it's very happy for it to create BuzzTube out of nowhere. It's very happy for it to create Nosemore out of nowhere. And it needs to do that because it needs to be flexible with the representations mm. of that without destroying corporate mascots and brands in the process. And yeah, Bracket Ralph, the first movie, wouldn't have been anywhere near as fun if they had like Street Puncher. <laughs> and um, I love that game. <laughs> you know, ow, my fist, the street, ow! And like Phonic the Hedgehog or something. <laughs> phonic would be help you spell. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I get that, but I, I sort of feel like it's in this sort of limbo where it's mm. like I, I, we can be a little bit 
mischievous, but also we don't want to upset anyone or anything in the process. And well, I, I, I know I'm not going to see like a <laughs> Disney family movie and expecting it to be smash the system. <laughs> you know, we are the system. Yeah, exactly. Because as you mentioned, with oh my Disney, but I just sort of feel like it constantly. The whole film was. <sighs> A little bit soul scraping mm. and a little bit like our hands are tied well, with absolutely everything that's happening. I, well, I still think that their use of these IPs was canny because the thing, the ones they use, they chose things like eBay and uh, Google, Facebook, things like that. I think they have been around long enough to feel less transient because I, I feel that it could have been very easy to just do the very newest thing and then they'll be halfway through doing a whole thing about i don't know vines or whatever has r.i.p vine r.i.p vines and 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 then yeah it'll be i mean there's a film coming r.i.p tumblr there's a film coming out next year it's a british film called the queen's corgi okay this is news to me it stars jack whitehall is he voicing the corgi i believe so okay here's the thing i really don't want the Queen to die before this film comes out, but there's a part of me which wonders what's going to happen if our if her if our Majesty, our beloved Majesty, her Majesty the Queen, who's plus ninety plus, um, passes away between now and the release of the hotly anticipated film Rory's not heard about. Do they do they postpone the release? Do they release it anyway? But isn't it the case that? The Queen has no Cordies anymore She's because not, the no. last of her Cordies has died already. So this she, film's already... Yeah, no. She didn't see the point of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm fed up of Cordies. No, she didn't, like, kill them. <laughs> it's just her no, last yeah. Cordy that she loved died of natural causes and she's like, no more Cordies. Well, I'm glad you established that. I'd hate to think that she went into the, to the um, kennels one day. And off with their heads. <laughs> Um, it's been so long since we've had a royal yeah. beheading. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. That's how she got rid of her corgis. To the tower with the corgis. But, yeah, see, so I'm thinking the Queen's corgis running the risk. I think, although there's definitely you know, not a day goes by that you don't hear some awful thing Facebook has done and everyone's calling for it to be turned off. I, you can I, find us on facebook.com slash jamesonfilmpod. <laughs> yes, please follow us and share and like us. Um, I, I feel like the, the, the people they have chosen to do... I think, have established themselves enough to be remembered in decades to come. And I feel the reason they go for things like BuzzTube and things, I think you are right. I think part of it, it gives it will give them more flexibility. But it also, it just reminded me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. They chose a non, not like a, a completely brand new character. And as I was a kid, I thought he'd already been around, actually. So, but they just choose this, this character to, to to do more commentary on it, I suppose. I mean, again, I, f- I found the scene where Ralph goes viral because his his big idea t- to um, get raise enough funds to buy this wheel. We've skipped over a few story beats, but we, we may return to him. But he decides to monetize going viral, and I found that a bit creepy. How like somebody's sat in his office. And then he sees this video of Ralph and actually it was pitch perfect voice acting because his voice acting of the office worker is something like, <laughs> which is, which was a, an LOL actually, because he was laughing out loud. <laughs> but then everyone, it goes viral and I found that a bit creepy. And maybe if uh, an actual app like Twitter or something did it, it would, it, it would have negative connotations they weren't so pleased about. 
I was just waiting for a Josie and the Pussycat style <laughs> That's twist an awesome with film. friend of the show Tara Reid um, <laughs> from Alone in the Dark. I was just waiting for something which I, I wasn't expecting like to completely flip the script, but I was just hoping for something which <sighs> the internet's actually good, good, wrong good, good or bad points the internet i find it amazing how i'm sort of semi-defending the internet and you're a bit weird hey, it's the it. only way people can listen to us talking right now unless they were standing outside well you know we're gonna do a live show some point surely <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah let's, which, let's roll back a little bit mm. because we're, the whole point was that they arrive in the internet and they need to find ebay because that's where they need to find the steering wheel and they head into the eBay, and it's a sort of auction room style setting. Lots of different auctions going on. Including, is it in Beyonce place. in a potato chip? Yes. That was quite fun. That was fun. That was a very um, DreamWorks joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these Ralph movies are now the pop culture vehicles for Disney to get all of its meta humour out in one go, rather than mm. Illumination and DreamWorks kind of... Sticking them in all their products. But the meta humour I found, and this was in the Princess scene as well, did seem a bit like Steve Buscemi saying, hey, fellow kids. It (laughs) it was very, we can be meta, we can be, we can do commentary. I mean, the whole princess stuff is basically the distillation of the whole are Disney princesses a problem conversation. Every think piece about Disney princesses is in that scene. Disney's been very good at that in recent years with their princesses movies having subversions you know like moana and princess and the frog and tangled and frozen and we're gonna say tank girl just a moment there disney's tank girl girl a disney film uh is she fucking a kangaroo in that film (laughs) Uh, it's disney they love animals yeah hot um, yeah, I mean, even though I was being a bit down on the princesses, being a bit the slight derivative of, of meta-commentary. Oh, God, this is a pretentious episode. <laughs> it was still nice to see them hanging out, especially when they get into their comfortable clothes and things. So. Whoa, whoa, ladies, I can't explain. See, um, I'm a princess too. Wait, what? Yeah, Princess Vanellope Von Schweetz of the uh, Sugar Rush Von Schweetzes. I'm sure you've heard of us, so it'd be embarrassing for you if you haven't. (laughs) What kind of a princess are you? What kind? Do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? Cursed? No. Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Then I have to assume you made a deal with an underwater sea witch where she took your voice in exchange for a pair of human legs? No. Good (gasps) lord, who would do that? Have you ever had true love's kiss? Ew, barf! Do you have daddy issues? I don't even have a mom. Neither do we! And now for the million dollar question. Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big strong man showed up? Yes, what is up with that? She She is is a princess. (laughs) While we're just on the princesses and the Oh My Disney uh, scene, I did really like the princesses scene. The reason it was trailed Mm. So heavily, I mean, it, it feels like what you see in the film is just the whole trailer. An, is yeah, there's 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 more. It's extended, but yeah, you did see a lot of that in the trailer, and I feel like the main reason people went to see this film, in a way, I feel like they included this scene 
because um, it's a deep sigh. <laughs> I'm I, yeah, I'm just not sure who else would have gone to see the film otherwise. I mean, people would have done, mm. but I feel like this was a way to get boffo well, bots office. No, that was true. Um, because guaranteed. I think when we talked about the first film, we didn't really feel it had entered the the pop culture in the way that other Disney films had, and didn't see any real need for another one. So yeah, I think that was definitely s- sweetening the pill, mm. the princesses. But and and you know what? There's there's rumors that if the if they're really well received in this film, there might be a whole film about the Disney princesses out there. And I'd go and see that. It's a nice scene. It's got some nice little touches and gags and obviously having original voice actors and things helps. And were you anything like me where you were trying to, you're listening out for the princesses to say things, your, your favorite one. I was waiting for, Moana and uh, Rapunzel to say things, and they got one line. Well, I was a bit... I mean, speaking of original voice actors, I felt very sorry for Kelly MacDonald, because it's just like, um, you have to do stereotypical, incomprehensible Scottish voice go. I reckon she is up for that, though. Yeah, but all I can think about is, like, Limmy's tweets saying, (laughs) like, you know, destroying my culture and and stuff, mocking me. Not all Scottish people are the same, I have no. discovered. <laughs> <laughs> We've skipped over quite a bit of this film, but mm. back at eBay... Back at eBay. They find the steering wheel, and not knowing it, that what they're bidding on is based on actual monetary value, they play a kind of, what's your biggest number game? Mm. And they, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I liked the reactions of the Avatar, who was also bidding at the same time. You know, just bidding on some $200, $250, and then suddenly they up it all the way thousands think, and thousands. Think about this guy, though. He now probably has a broken sugar rush machine. He ain't going to play. And his Vanellope is probably, in his machine, is live, is the, the machine's probably off. Yeah, is but, she dead? Is she alive? I mean, well, I, I, t- I touched upon in the first episode about the Ralph multiverse and how there's multiple Ralphs and they must mm. all be having existential crises. And maybe if there's... You know, were all Ralphs and Vanellope's meant to be together in arcades which have both consoles? Maybe, you know, there's that Spider film coming out, Enter the Spider-Verse. Enter the Ralph-averse. Yeah. I mean, Ralph-averse. I mean, there's lots of Ralphs later, actually, so maybe yeah, they're testing the water. There's, there's the potential. So they buy the steering wheel and they, they manage to get it for uh, $27,001. Mm, um But now I want to know what happens to the person who just... Got twenty-seven thousand. Oh my god! Oh, imagine if he was like a, a terrorist <laughs> or a pervert. Oh, use this to fund. I mean, ISIS. I I used to do broadband technical support back in the day, and it must have helped a couple of thousand people in my time there. And it's a simple fact of numbers. I must have helped get Wi-Fi back for some really awful people. <laughs> They're just it's something you don't think about. But now I can write hateful messages to my yeah. ex-wife. Oh my god! I mean, I went on to I went to the library recently to, um, just for a bit of peace and quiet, and there was somebody using one of the library computers to go on a dating website exclusively for people cheating on their significant others. Oh, okay. What uh, was that called? The one which had... The... <laughs> you well, no, interested. No, no, there was this one which had this big data breach a few oh, years right, ago. Yeah. Oh, right, like, yeah. I can't... Sort of you know name. what? I forgot to write it down. <laughs> uh, so... Internet's, internet's a bad place. <laughs> yes, dangerous. Dangerous kids. But yes, it's a good point. Somebody's now too... 
I mean, someone's now over two grand richer, but... 27. 27 though. grand richer. They just, they show Ralph getting this money. In eBay, the, the roadblock he hits is the fact that he doesn't have a credit card. And he still doesn't have a credit card, but he's somehow accrued this money. Mm, they did some sort of internal internet transfer. Mm, his Swiss it, bank. I mean, <laughs> Next, yeah. But yes, in order to make this money, in order to pay for this wheel, and they encounter a character called J.P. Spamley. Yeah, who, like Spam. Yeah. <laughs> who's a pop-up ad sign holder mm. voiced by an uncredited role. Why is this? I'm not sure. Who is, who is, are we allowed to say it if it's uncredited? <laughs> uh, do we get in trouble? I don't know. <sighs> it's... I found the information on the internet, so... Mm, he's, I guess he's called Hill Bader. <laughs> Bill Hader. Bill Hader, who um, does a slight approximation to his King of the Pigs voice from Angry Birds movie. And uh, he's a shady fella, and he entices them down to his lair and um, introduces himself and his... Is it his cousin or his brother? <sighs> he's the brother He's the brother of this slimy character we meet later. Yeah, I think he's called Gort. There was a nice little bit of creepiness. He's yeah, sort of... with its dendy arms. Mid, yeah, he seemed like to have... He, like he's fallen out of, um, of like an indie cartoon or something. He, it's like, what if you took a minion from Despicable Me and made it like... What it would Creepy like. and fleshy and... Oh, yeah. I had to sit through a minion short before the Grinch. I freaking hate the minions. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not jumping on a minion hate bandwagon. I have always hated the minions. Yeah. I feel that they were created around a table by people saying, how, how, how can we make the most profitable, memeable... Oh, pieces of shit from the very first despicable me poster i was like oh it's those things that they're gonna make toys of isn't it mm, because yeah. no one else is gonna see a movie about bald weird supervillain man if, if you share minions on my facebook wall it's a one-way ticket to blocksville <laughs> uh, this this character's hella creepy is this when they're pointing into the direction of uh, slaughter slaughter race, race. The idea to make money is that, I mean, it's, it goes a little bit into, I guess, something modern in terms of its internet references, in terms of microtransactions and loot. Um, is, is this a thing when people do loot farming? Yeah, yeah. And no like idea. people And like people selling in-game stuff in real currency as well as in-game mm, currency. I knew about that. It was like gold farming where like there's effective slave labor in China's playing World of Warcraft for people in the West. Mm. Interesting. That's fun. That's fun, fun for a family movie. So the hot ticket item on Spamley's list in Slaughter Race is Shank's car, mm. which will give them enough money to pay off their eBay debt. Mm. And uh, so they in- enter the world of Slaughter Race, which I guess is kind of GTA Online with a little touch maybe... Of Fortnite or like, like player it, unknown battlegrounds, and it's like is it burn? One of the burnout games is entirely online as well. I think uh, maybe yeah. There's a few like online racing. You get, you get games. out of the cars. I'm I don't know. Sure. It's, it's it's a it's a mix. It's a mix of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's. Would you play this game? I wouldn't. It's not something I'm necessarily interested in. But I, I think it's a good way to do a modern game 
with online elements while also having an element which appeals to Vanellope in terms of the racing. Mm. So while the game itself is a bit of a mishmash, I don't think it's as nicely realised and designed as the Sugar Rush world was. It was, it was kind of Catch-22 because they needed a contrast, but the, the contrast is just industrial and a little bit a little bit generic looking, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I liked how they rendered the players' characters, mm. how they kind of turn on the spot and sort of run on the spot. And yeah. I think that was very uh, a good approximation to how games like that look online. I mean, Rory and I, back in the day, listen to this, kids. This is what this is what old men did instead of Twitch streaming. We would make movies by filming with our camcorders one corner of a multiplayer game, i.e. GoldenEye 007 on the N64. Mm-hmm. We, we made a remake of Reservoir Dogs. By filming Pierce Brosnan and all the other characters. Sean Bean. Sean Bean talking to each other. And, you know, how old were we? We must have been like, you must have been 10 um, or something. Uh, a little bit older, maybe 11 too or young, 12. Too young to watch Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> well, I'd already seen it by that point. I know, so. but we were, yeah. Want to have characters walking along the spot and doing like crazy diagonal running. Then uh, you can watch our version of Reservoir Dogs nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was this film's version of the 8-bit movements in Wreck-It Ralph 1. It had the character names above their heads and through a series of events, depicted the front of our eyes on the silver screen. <laughs> um, that's described the movie there. Vanellope manages to uh, steal the car and starts a big, uh, big old race. And both Vanellope is impressed with a Shanks skills and shank is impressed with vanellope skills and as i said earlier she seems to be absolutely in her element and again it really sells the fact that she'd be happy she should love to stay here she steals the car but is is thwarted just before they can escape and i was surprised by that i thought she was gonna i thought it was gonna be just easy Mm. i thought that's gonna be the last time we saw gal gadot (laughs) she's intercepted and shank says well no you can't keep my car because it's my car but I will help you on your quest to make money. She's convinced because Ralph's sort of blubbing in tears about uh, the whole situation. Again, this is when they create a viral video. Yeah, again, it shows you what... <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out on millions if I went viral because I didn't realise you can make so much money as the film implies with silly videos. Do I know people make a lot of money uh, maybe on YouTube or stuff. <sighs> This is one of Rory's bugbears. There's a character in this film called E-Boy who is perpetually reminding Ralph about uh, how he owes money on this auction. And in the US, he is played by uh, a young actor called Sean Giambroni. <laughs> but in the UK, he is voiced by YouTube personality Dan TDM, who I... I've not seen any videos of, but I looked him up. He he's made quite a few millions doing online shit, <laughs> and uh, it just kind of blows my mind. I mentioned in the Wreck It Ralph episode how I have a particular issue with UK redubbing of characters just for whatever reason, mm. um, and I listed a few examples in this film. As soon as I heard E Boy. And heard his tones coming out of his mouth. I was like, 
Oh, this isn't. Nelson. This isn't meant to be in the film. This is someone who's just been added in. Uh, you should have uh, stopped it. Afterwards. This, was, this wasn't meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought but, his voice actually kind of worked. But I would say, despite all my misgivings about voice replacements, and despite all my misgivings about you know the branding in this film, I did like E Boy, mm-hmm. and I thought the voice was all right, and. Having looked, actually, this whole revoicing thing, because in the first, in Wreck-It Ralph, it was just Nick Grimshaw popping up for whatever reason, I don't understand. But with this character, portrayed by Dan TDM, it makes sense because he is a YouTube personality, so it's like internet. And also, it was to tie in with some fundraising activities for Make-A-Wish foundation so i have heard that there was related merchandise and you mm. could bid and you could uh, give some money to charity so not a big fan of make a wish though <laughs> i so I, kid. I i can't i no, i good can't stuff. be down on a charitable cause which is mm. very worthy and all credit to dan tdm i think you did an okay job yeah i mean so I, there th- we go. I think i saw i read the comments on youtube and I think somebody did... Uh, I was looking for scenes with E-Boy in it. And people were saying, oh, he didn't sound right. And I thought, you know, he sounds like a young, chipper British guy. And I think he says matey-ho or something at one point. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I, I just noted that with interest because of your beef with that sort of thing. <laughs> just, it should never happen again. The game was next level. There was no one telling you what to do or where to go. And Hey, just where do you think you're going? To BuzzTube, it's this way. No, 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 no. We're going back to Spamley's. He can give us some easier loot to find. No, we're supposed to see Shank's friend. Oh, come on. I don't trust that Shank one bit. Well, I do. Well, I do. Hello, mister. Who are you? I'm your friendly eBay alert messenger. Huh, an actual e-boy. Just here to let you know your bid expires in eight hours. Eight hours? Okay, thanks, e-boy. You got it, governor. Chumbo. If we nickel and dime it with Spamly, it will take 20 years to make enough money to buy the wheel. All right, fine. Do it your way. But I'm telling you right now, that BuzzTube place is a terrible idea. Shank uh, creates this viral video featuring Ralph. Monetization. And says, go to BuzzTube and meet Yes. Uh, who will point you in the right direction in order to make some more money. So they head that way. And Ralph's video that they made in Slaughter Race is already becoming a bit of a sensation. And it's time to churn out some more content. It's all about tent. It's all mm. about slinging some tent. Okay, one, two, a couple of things. First of all, Yes's coat was beautiful. Okay. It was like those light sensory th- fiber optic lights there's a few things you don't see anymore now we've got our mobile phones fiber optic lights as entertainment and the dancing plants which react to music i miss those things <laughs> yes as coat reminded me of that but the uh, second thing this is now one of harry's weird logic problems of this film I mean, if Super Mario gained sentience and then started appearing in his own viral videos, it would just break the world. No one would know what to do with themselves. Are we to be- are we to believe? I'm sounding a lot like the character Hey Nong Man who appears in this. I'll get to him in a moment. But are we to believe that 
this viral video which shows up on BBC News, according to the film, is created and no one wants to interview the creator. Well, they say no one knows where the videos Mm. are coming from. But there must have been an X-File opened on it or something. I just, I can't quite get my head around what people in the real world are seeing. (laughs) Yeah. Because... Because he's an 8-bit graphic but well, but he's not like what they're. I get. I take it what they're seeing is what we're seeing, mm. because the basic one they have is the first one or whatever is Ralph's face stuck onto a goat, and it's just like a cut out image of his face mm. stuck onto the goat, and it's just like okay, someone rendered, you know, this old cartoony sprite, updated it, and it's recognizable enough. And they turned it into a CG creation and stuck it on this screaming goat thing. I understand that. But when it's a full, moving, talking, baking... Flossing. Making up, makeup applying character who, until this point, has only really existed in this one video game, Mm. it really begs the question, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) They missed a bit of a trick with the first film. Because if all the outside the game sequences was live action humans, that would have been quite fun. And I kind of I do like it when live action things interact with CG things. The mind recalls Wall E, where humans, live action humans, seem to evolve into CGI blobs. So I think maybe this sequence would have been more interesting to have kind of families gather around their computer. For some reason, it reminds me of the end of um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, where people are watching Bill and Ted, and you have all these families around the world watching the new Battle of the Bands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. It's just a little bit... I think that's the one logic problem I had, which really did make me confused. The whole BuzzTube viral video thing, it's not an area of internetness that I particularly enjoy. So for it to be like a real focus, it's of celebrating this film. stupidity in a way because yeah, everyone's I, laughing at the <laughs> yeah, but I, like viral video, I don't know. I just think viral videos as a concept is just a bit pat. It's it's just it's not very interesting, and the videos that they come up with aren't particularly interesting. No, and I mean, the problem with viral... The problem with trying to create viral videos is that the more you try, the harder it is. I mean, mm. it is catching lightning in the bottle. And I've, I've certainly laughed at the most ridiculous things, which, which are really not funny. The videos we see are uh, mimicking videos that we have already seen. Mm. So it's not necessarily, it, it's okay if it's not something wild and new and funny. And, you know, part of that's the point because of it's, you know, it's basing it, it's mimicking these things. So it's not trying to be original with what people are finding funny and adding lots of hearts or whatever, that, whatever it is to. So that's not necessarily the problem. I just think it's, it's just a bit of a boring route to go down. Mm, but, and also just mind confounding. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, I guess I guess I suppose unexpectedly for me, um, they he gets enough money to buy the wheel, and it seems like that's the uh, end of the of their story. But while this is all going on, Vanellope, having spoken to the princesses about how she needs to have like a musical epiphany, she ends up singing a beautiful song called. 
a place called Slaughter Race. And this was an unexpected delight. What did you think of the song? I think it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not a delight. I'm on, on board with the, the idea. I just found the execution just not as good as it could have been. The lyrics just aren't as biting or as you wish. I feel like, you know, it's it's trying to do, oh, we're doing like a beautiful song about something which is kind of weird and creepy and violent and dangerous. And I sort of feel like, I don't know, there's nothing in that song which like South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut hadn't mm. already done in terms of bringing a Disney musical style thing to unsavory subject matter well to a couple of things i i guess for me i just couldn't get over the fact the word slaughter was being used so much it was used every time and you could tell sarah silverman was saying it with some relish um i love alliteration every time she said slaughter you knew she was enjoying saying that in a disney film so i did i i did enjoy it and i've listened to it a few times on the old uh streaming services <laughs> on the gramophone <laughs> granddad <laughs> but this and, uh, and talking about subversive songs and also to an ex- to a, to a greater extent princesses uh, disney's own enchanted from quite some time ago sort of did that whole thing just a little bit better i can't remember any of them i remember <laughs> i remember I, I mean they were written by the people who did um, beauty and the beast so i don't know who wrote this song well it's it's not the specific song but you have amy adams in enchanted for instance hmm. and she's using new york street animals to help clean the apartments so yeah. you've got like cockroaches she's singing to yeah. and rats like cleaning and, and stuff and it's like that's your subversion yeah, it's nice to revisit that sort of thing, but I just don't think it's very well done in this version. I did, I did realise I don't think we're going to get many new musical numbers in these video game movies. Um, <laughs> I cherish I, them. I look back at the last 19 episodes. There have been one or two songs, but not people singing in them. And so mm. I, I only can hope that... I don't know, do you remember if, like, Street Fighter has a, a musical number? Yeah, it's a shame in the film Mortal Kombat you don't see someone shouting, Mortal Kombat! Because if you mm. actually saw the person shouting it, then you could possibly say that's the <laughs> musical number. Maybe. Let me just think. My name is Bison, and you must try, son, to enjoy the toys I have for you. It was Tuesday. <laughs> Yep, I could do that. I'll come back next time for my full-blown... Um, Street Fighter the Musical. Street Fighter the Musical. Oh, God. It's just the characters. It really lends itself to to an opera. Anyway. Capcom, call us. Call us, Capcom. <laughs> so this, this musical number, though, basically seals the deal in Vanellope's mind. She wants to stay. She wants to stay in Slaughter Race. And that is the... The challenge, the problem of the film, that is the plot. It's not the MacGuffin of the wheel. It is their friendship. And Ralph naturally feels that he's, he's losing his, his best his best friend. So when he realises that Vanellope wants to stay, um, he, he decides to get a virus and unleash it on the game to glitch it in such a way that she that's going to slow down and she wants her to... And, and Vanellope no longer wants to stay there. He thinks rather naively that 
this virus will just make the game boring for mm. her and that she'll want to return to the arcade and to Sugar Rush. And he uh, enlists family and they venture into the dark web and meet a character, Double Dan, voiced by a friend of the podcast, Alfred Molina. Yeah, Double Dan, was it? Yeah, according to the press notes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the dark web section... Although- Again, I'm not, I'm not the expert here. Why am I even doing a podcast, Rory? I know nothing about the internet. <laughs> Apparently the dark web has a scary name, but it's it's not scary. It's just it's just a bit inaccessible bit of the internet. Well, it's it's where people do, like, uh, buying and selling drugs and uh, child that's... trafficking <sighs> and well, arms trading and like financing that. terrorism. But... Okay. <laughs> As far as I'm aware. That's, anyway. that's where Alfred Molina lives. As well. <laughs> the virus they do, and um, what is it called again? It is Arthur. A, well, the, that's the virus's name, but it's it's called a is an insecurity virus. It basically fo- finds an insecurity in a game and exploits it. And say that word again. Exploits it. Exploits it. <laughs> he takes it. He brings it into the game. One thing that Vanellope is still doing since since the last game is that she glitches. And it's treated sort of like a condition, isn't it? She glitches when she is nervous. And I quite like that. And I think yeah, I found that of... I found that very touching in the first mm. film, you know, how it the, the being the outcast and things and it you can equate it to a stammer or a stutter mm. or or, you know, any kind of anxiety in, uh, induced behavior or tick as well Mm. so ralph enters the game with this uh virus this uh, insecurity virus and he he manages to set it free and the virus starts searching 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 with a creepy ass voice vanellope during one of her races during her first race is distracted by a silhouette which looks like ralph but it is actually uh, a big inflatable gorilla which you often find in the ghetto, and she glitches, and it's at that very moment where the uh, insecurity virus latches on and starts glitching the entire game world. And this was pretty visually impressive. I liked all the the buildings going kind of wire flame and wobbly, but this does cause the game to crash, and she has to escape. Ralph has to get her out of there before the game re- re- the server reboots and she gets erased. And we just about make it. But this leads to a bit of an old argument between uh, Ralph and Vanellope. Vanellope feels completely betrayed by well, Ralph for, for doing this. Yeah, first she's blaming herself mm. because she's blaming her glitchiness, which, mm. you know, I find all that stuff very, very sad and, and touching. But yes, when she finds out, when Ralph admits it was it was him who let the virus go, she uh, is very understandably upset about that. And she says, like, a real friend wouldn't do that. And I agree. I think what Ralph did was horrible. <laughs> I mean, he is stupid. I, I remember in the first film, he somehow felt getting a medal would make people believe he was a good guy. I don't know why he thought that was going to work. But yeah, I, I think, again, we, we all recognise selfishness. We've all been selfish at one time or another. Sometimes people are more selfish than other people. We recognise that, and so why we don't condone his actions, I think we understand them, and I think he, he's immediately worried that she's become infatuated by this and become completely blinkered by it. 
But yeah, again, I feel this is is the character dynamics I was kind of missing in the first film. And um, but, yeah, every film seems to have this bit where the friends fall out. You can't have films where everyone gets along the whole damn time. Hmm. But But the the virus the virus virus escapes slaughter race through the hole that Ralph created to break Penelope out and immediately targets Ralph, copies Mm. his insecurities and creates an army of ralph clones that instantly start destroying the internet Mm. in search of vanellope i was wondering going into this film if ralph would break the internet because i thought it could quite easily just coast along on that buzz phrase Uh, and so i did write a note here question will ralph break the internet the answer is yes yes because people's connection starts to go down which is the worst thing which can ever happen to anyone believe you me when you lose your internet for just five minutes. But the, it allows the film to become sort of a zombie movie as well. The, the, the Ralphs are slightly red. Slightly redder than the regular Ralph. And uh, kind of creepy. They're going, friend? Which I only now re- reminds me of uh, that thing in Labyrinth. The big orange bastard. Oh, okay, yeah. What is his name? I'm sorry. Mr. Harry Gump. Mr. Harry Gump. Friend? So it's creepy. Well, they realise that in order to defeat the Ralph clones, they need to head to the antivirus chamber, which is, again, heavily branded. Which, I wonder which brand of internet security was like, no, we need to have the bigger logo. But the, yeah, so in chasing Ralph and Vanellope heading to the antivirus chamber, the army of Ralphs all gather together into a giant mega-Ralph formed Mm. by the ever-shifting bodies of all these Ralph clones. Now, I didn't expect this film to remind me of the works of horror writer Clive Barker, but one of my favourite short stories of his is is in his Books of Blood, and it's called uh, In the Hills, the Cities. And... um, this short story is about two guys on, on a romantic drive through the European countryside and they stumble upon these two cities, which basically they all strip naked and, and strap themselves up together to create giant people which have a fight. And it's one of those stories where what the characters, what the human character, what the heroes see t- drives them mad. But the image of these people strapped together and forming the legs and the hearts and like heads are all bound together to create eyes and it's thousands of feet high i find it, it's just an image that's never left me and i, and I read it every so often because it's just chilling and, and one of the big city people collapses under its own weight and so you just have thirty thousand dead bloody corpses scattered across the countryside with blood everywhere and uh, it's proper gory that was running through my mind watching wreck it ralph <laughs> too it's a at once beautiful but kind of monstrous looking thing it's it's yeah i, I didn't have that touchstone i was thinking a little bit akira hmm. i was thinking well, that's horrific yeah i was thinking a little bit there's in dumbo during the Pink Elephant's nightmare mm. sequence, there's like an elephant made of elephant heads yeah. walking around. Nightmare. But probably most terrifying was the BBC ident, which was that big floating head going around the countryside with lots of other people's heads Ooh. making that head. Oh, that was and a memory think, which was suppressed until just then. I know. And they had to get rid of it because just people found mm. it 
chilling and disgusting, and they were right. Mm. Uh, the last film ended with a, a monster at the end, so I, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised that they do that again here. But I found the monster not only, again, visually disturbing, but also, again, a great little representation of Ralph's own self-destructive possessiveness. And he basically defeats the monster by admitting to his um, insecurity. I think through the power of self-acceptance, the the virus works. Uh, Antivirus works. I don't know. At the end of the day, he accepts that friends don't each hold friends back. And he he allows Vanellope to do her thing. The thing is, though, they're in weekly contact at the end of the film, aren't they? Vanellope and Ralph. And there was a part of me which felt... I was a bit disappointed by that because it would—it feels more of a sacrifice if he'll never see her again. But then I reminded myself that in real life, when people move to the other side of the world, you you don't break never contact forever. Like, Particularly when you have the internet nowadays. I know it's it's like it, it makes more realistic sense. I mean, they are still in touch, and you know, if there's a Wreck at Ralph three. Who who knows how they'll meet up again? Well, one idea I saw floating around, not officially, but I, I liked the idea, was as apart from the aforementioned Ralph multiverse, that maybe they find all the Ralphs from other arcades and other Vanellopes, and it's kind of like how in Rick and Morty, there's multiple Ricks and multiple Mortys all interacting. Or Country um, Panda three. Where he finds the villages of pandas. Village of pandas, yeah. Ralph finds a village of pandas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I saw someone comment the film should be called The Internet Breaks Ralph. It's it's basically he gets caught up in the world of esports and speedrunners. And so mm. people are speedrunning Fitzit Felix Jr. <laughs> um, and maybe uh, like, I mean, I, I'm it not, breaks I'm not, him. I'm not a filmmaker, but I just all I can picture is... I, my imagination don't, doesn't go beyond him going, ah, it's too fast, and, and that's the plot. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's just a throwaway game. Gosh, what could have thought? I mean, I don't believe they're still making Toy Story movies. I think I think the film should have stopped at the second one. The third one's pretty, pretty lots of, all right. Lots of people like the third one. I wasn't keen. No, it's all right. I mean, and actually, even if you're not keen... There is a point to the third one because it is about putting away your toys. Yeah, that's I, kind of in the second who, who film. Know, mm. I felt it was a bit repetitive. I liked the Toy Story shorts that they did, like the little spin-off ones. Those were fun, and I was happy for that to continue that way. Whenever I see like Ralph and Woody shop in an advert for Sky TV or something, I'm always waiting for them to open their mouths because I think, have they hired our hanks? Yes. <laughs> Well, I wonder whether, because we see Buzz Lightyear in this film, and I wonder whether Tim Allen went back to record um, to he, Infinity and Beyond. True. Or do you he, think they had lots of those to draw upon? He was in the credits, but then you are right, it could be a recording. I mean, one thing in the credits which kind of spoilt a joke, there was a, a listing for Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley, performed by John C. Riley. I was like, that's not been in the film yet. And then, lo, and... Behold, they occluded uh, a Rick roll right at the end there. Yes, the 
Frozen 2 logo comes up and it says sneak peek and someone tries to click on it and gets uh, Rickrolled. And I, and I, it's kind I read, of funny, that. Yeah, I thought it was a n- nice way they deployed it. I'm, I'm Rickrolled at least once uh, a week still. <laughs> you should stop going to rickastley.com then. No, I, I actually, I was walking through um, the high street one day and was going past one of my favourite music shops and Rick Astley was in there singing away. <laughs> he was doing a live performance. Um, so he does show up in the places you least so expect. So you got, you got Rick Rolled in real life. I know, crazy. Rick Rolled IRL. Yeah. And um, there's actually... Oh, that's what it's called. Wreck-It Ralph IRL. <sighs> and then it is him in the real world. Yeah. It'd be like the end of that Simpsons episode where Homer goes 3D and buys erotic cakes. <laughs> Maybe Ralph goes to, mmm, erotic cakes. <laughs> If there's not much else to the end of the film, we we didn't say that like Ralph gets saved by the princesses. Mm. They all sort of team up. I, I liked there was a nice little medley of their themes yes. as they all work together. So that was a nice little touch to bring it all back. And <laughs> it, yeah, before they split up, it it ends with yeah Vanellope remaining in Slaughter Race. Handily, it's like oh it's okay to Shank just entered my code into the game. So now if I die, I respawn. So I'll be fine. And it's just like, oh, you can do that? <laughs> it's also, it's kind of strange that this very grim, dark universe now has like a pixie, has basically Shirley Temple in it. But I was thinking it's maybe more like Saints Row or one of those games. Maybe. Where it is there just are like, sharks coming out of yeah, manholes. There's like goofy stuff too. Okay. It scans. <laughs> yeah. But... The only other little bit to think about in the credits, there's a sort of a meta, meta, meta bit of humour because the best joke in the whole first trailer was this little girl playing the pancake milkshake game where Ralph slides a pancake to uh, a bunny and a milkshake to a cat, I believe. And he does this so much to the bunny that it explodes like Mr. Cre- is it Creoso from yeah. uh, Meaning of Life. And that was a brilliant little bit. It was the biggest laugh in the trailer. But apparently, by the time that trailer came out, they had already decided there's no place for it. And so in the final film, there's this sort of delicious bit of trolling. I do like a good trolling where the little girl is upset in the in a car saying, I'm sad because the bit from the trailer is not in the movie. And then that bit of the movie starts. It's the same little girl playing the game. It's um, it's it's a basically flipping the bird to the audience, but in in a fun way. You get to see the scene from the trailer. No different. It's just there. There's lots of unofficial pancake milkshake games out there. There is an official one, I think, but it's only on like Apple Messenger or 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 something. So I haven't played it, but it does seem like a lot of fun. And yeah. It is probably my favourite scene in the movie, and even though I'd seen it several times watching the trailer, I very much enjoyed the fact that it was there, particularly as they'd already made pancake milkshake stuffed animals as part of merchandise. Because you were were really confused, because you told me about these uh, stuffed animals in the Wi-Fi way, and I said, I've read this not in the film. Yeah, I mean, there was pancake milkshake bar in the the Wi-Fi way place as well. Apparently, according to an interview I read, Part of the reason it ended up in the credits is because toys had been made. It had, it had been such a hit. The wheels had been sort of turning already down the production line. There is there is a reference earlier on with a viral video where he's doing an unboxing of a pancake milkshake mm. figurine. I happened to see this film entirely on my own in my local cinema. I don't know why no one was there. It was like six o'clock showing. And 
my experience of watching the credits was just kind of sat there with the man from Odeon watching me, waiting for me to leave. <laughs> and I was sat there like a wanker with my notepad watching the... I noticed in the credits there's a scroll bar down the right-hand side of the screen denoting going down the web page. But... Um, and I was watching that intently, waiting for it to go back up again, and it and it did. Mm. So that's Wreck-It Ralph 2. <laughs> As I said, I was quite down on Wreck-It Ralph 1, and I felt this film was a vast improvement. With the caveat, I still think it is a, a long distance from my favourite recent Disney films. I, I get a lot more out of Moana, Tangled, Zootropolis slash Zootopia. In a way, though, I feel those films are going for the heart muscles a little bit more. I feel like Moana especially is about, I want, I am Moana. And it's like, it's, oh, it's got that longing. And I know that's Vanellope's story in a way, but I, I just feel rather than the yearning of Moana, I feel it's, it's, Ralph 2 is more about sort of their friendship. It's, it's about friendship. So, Maybe it's an, it's an unfair comparison, but I, I still think I prefer this. I don't think I'm, if I had these two films on the shelf, Ralph 1 and Ralph 2, I would never reach for Ralph 1. I would always go to Ralph 2 because there's some fun sequences in it. And um, I, I, found, I personally found the characters and the relationships quite engaging. But Rory, your sort of s- slight Mona Lisa smile there. <laughs> <laughs> I know something you don't know. My thoughts. <laughs> I agree that I've I, I found the Ralph and Penelope, the relationship there, I, st- I find that touching. I particularly still think that the performance, especially Sarah Silverman gives as Penelope, is really good. When she is upset, I feel upset. When she is happy, I feel happy. She does have that sort of voice. But having said that, like my favourite stuff in the film didn't really concern them so much at least the sequences i enjoyed i mean i guess the princess's sequence you know that obviously vanellope is part of it i liked her version of her song mm. which ends with her like a but you, you could happily have that scene without vanellope in it and be the princess well around. you can have that scene without you could have that as a little wreck it ralph spin-off short film or something you know it feels it plays into Vanellope's dreams, but at the same time, it's also very self-contained. And that's why, I guess, it was easy to feature in the trailer, just like Pancake Milkshaker, which is probably the best scene in the whole movie, but it's the trailer and, you know, they have to stick it in in the end credits because it is self-contained. I'm happy to see Vanellope and Ralph run around and do short films encountering all kinds of internet and game-related stuff. I'm just not sure I need a whole feature film of that anymore because I felt this was pretty long and it felt a bit boring and all the internet corporate stuff I was just not convinced by I couldn't get quite on board with it felt very soul destroying it will be interesting to see this film in a in a decade's time I mean the internet we feel is a sort of a static thing but it really isn't and no. it, it may have changed entirely and it'll be interesting to see what this what 2018's take on the internet is versus 10 years time i mean i wasn't expecting wreck it ralph 2 black mirror <laughs> i mean i wasn't expecting it to go in that sort of territory i mean it would be like a little bit if in the next movie wreck it ralph 
uh, enters the world of American sports, and it's just like, oh great, like you might like the characters, but I have no interest in seeing mm. Ralph and Vanellope. You know, I mean, maybe it'd be interesting if they took a knee during the national anthem at the end of the game, <laughs> but you know, that'd be Disney going in a very political mm. um, arena. But I don't know. It's it's just uh, the internet is a playground I use, but. The iconography and everything that goes with it, I don't really have any great attachment to. And mm. so for them to exist in this realm, I got a little bit... I mean, apart from I liked... We mentioned it earlier. I liked the appearance of Hanon Man. Oh, we forgot, yes. Um, being the internet commenter speaking to Baby Groot. Yeah. In cameo form, which I, I wondered whether that was in there before Disney fired James Dunn from Guardians 3, or... <laughs> well, the thing is, um, Disney doesn't really care about James Gunn. Disney care about their property, which is Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think Guardians 3 is going to happen, and it's going to be a sad affair <laughs> yeah. to watch people... Um, Perform through gritted teeth. But anyway. But uh, yes, I enjoyed, well, I mean, Jason Manzoukas, but also the credit attribution of Hanon Man, one for all the comedy bang bang mm. fans out there. But um, um, yeah, but so yes. I think this film's good. You think this film's bad? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's bad. I just felt like a little part of me had died. Mm. I, I am gleefully part of the system. <laughs> Rory thinks I'm part of the problem. <laughs> cool, but no, interesting episode because, you know, I, I surprised myself by liking it. So um, I surprised myself many times a day. <laughs> no, um, so, yeah, I have no cause to see a third one. But hey-ho, if they do one, we'll be there. Yeah, by obligation. By obligation. So what are we uh, going to do next by obligation? <laughs> Next episode will be our Christmas special. Ooh, when is it? Is it actually being released on Christmas Day? Let's just say yes, and you I can download it on Christmas Day. Yeah, let's say that. Let's say that. Ignore um, your family. So <laughs> they're boring anyway. But speaking of families at Christmas time, mm -hmm. we're going to be doing an episode which is a bit games on film, a bit film based on game but tv show animation and that's the original name of our podcast yeah it was too long so we cut it short As director of wreck it ralph we mentioned before worked on this tv show in the past and uh we're going to be looking at its many faceted relationships with video games we are going to be looking at the simpsons we've oft quoted from it during our past episodes. Exactly. The Simpsons, of course, started its life, um, well, in its current form, uh, with a Christmas special. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be particularly focused on one Christmas episode in particular, Marge Be Not Proud, which has video games very much at the forefront. But also we'll be talking about The Simpsons and video games and the relationship there in general. So, so games that have featured in The Simpsons and when The Simpsons have ventured into video games. Yep. But yeah, we hope that you'll uh, join us uh, for Christmas and Marge Be Not Proud. But in the meantime, where can they get up to speed with games on film stuff? Well, we are all over the internet as much as maybe 
we wouldn't like to be. Mm. <laughs> but you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gamesonfilmpod. We're on Twitter at gamesonfilmpod. You can email us, gamesonfilmpod at gmail.com. We have our own Twitter handles. I'm at Rory Steele. I'm at Only Man Who Can. You can find a list of all the films we're looking at on Letterboxd. If you go to letterboxd.com slash only man who can. I need to update that. Yep. You'll find a freshly updated one. <laughs> I promise I'll update it. Uh, the music for this episode was by David Lightfoot. And all episodes are available on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash jamesonfilmpod, Acast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Wonderful stuff. So thank you for downloading Rory and I from the internet into your listening device. But now we have to go back onto the internet now. We're getting a bit claustrophobic in here. So thanks very much for listening. I've been Harry. I've been Rory. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.